Congregation, young friends, doing confession, the text for this morning is our sermon is from Luke 13, the verses 23 through 24. Luke 13, the verses 23 and 24. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. So far. Entering the kingdom. That's the theme this morning. Entering the kingdom. With the help of the Lord, three thoughts. A door to enter. There's a door to enter into that kingdom. Secondly, striving to enter. As you read in the text, strive to enter in at the straight gate. And in the third place, unable to enter. What a reality. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able to. Entering the kingdom, a door to enter, striving to enter, and unable to enter. Congregation, young people, we all know the pilgrim's progress of John Bunyan, don't we? Remember that, that porch, that gate, that straight gate, that wicked gate? At the beginning of the book, at the first pages, an evangelist is saying to Christian, you have to go through that gate. Do you see that gate at the horizon? He doesn't see it yet so clearly, but that's the gate that he needs to go, go through. But the pilgrim's progress also speaks about the second door, Right? The door at the beginning of the book and the door at the end of the book. The door to the kingdom. The door to heaven. When Bunyan, the Christian, comes to the door and when he dies, goes to the river, the Jordan River, he makes it and then there's a gate as well. And there's also a knock on that gate. And he needs also there his scroll to show his scroll, don't he? He did not have to show a scroll at the first door. He had to show a scroll at the second door. And I think that door, that second door, the door to the kingdom, is the door that's mentioned in our text. The door to the kingdom. So often we read in the Bible about that door and about entering in into that kingdom at the end of our lives. Let me just mention a few texts from the Bible just to um, show you that there is a door and that we need to enter through the door into the kingdom. I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So you need a new heart. 
before you can go through this second gate. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. So you need that new heart, you need to be a child, to be broken, to be small, to be insignificant, to be nothing, in order to enter into that gate. Otherwise, we will not enter in. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Do with the will of my Father by grace, by a new heart, doing the will of God. Nobody is doing the will of God by nature, right? The people do the will of God. God's people, they may enter into that kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. So you need that forgiveness, the righteousness, more than the righteousness of, of the scribes and the Pharisees in order to enter in. The Lord said, Well done, thou faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler of many things, Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. So that kingdom is also called the joy to enter into that joy. Remember, think about that. Enter into the kingdom, God's kingdom, where the Lord is, where the Lord Jesus is, where God's people are, the angels are, to have an eternal bliss, to enter into that gate of heaven. Also in Hebrews 4, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. It's called the rest. Let us labor to enter into the rest. Lest any man shall fall after the same example of unbelief. And also in the book of Revelation. And there shall in no wise enter into the city anything that defileth, neither who whatsoever worketh abomination or make a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. They are entering into that place. Blessed are they that do his commandments that have might that they might have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. But that's in the wider context of the Bible. Entering into the kingdom is a door. By, by the way, what is, would not have been a door? The Lord would have said, I don't make doors anymore. Or I lock all the doors. The Lord would not have done injustice, right? The Lord would not have done injustice. He would have been right. We could not have commented and say that's not fair. It would have been righteous. It would have been no door. But there is a door, apparently. It's a door. There's a possibility to be saved. There's a people that will enter through the door. The Lord will make sure that they enter through the door.
Christ was evangelizing, we read in verse 22. And he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. It was his last journey from the north of Israel to the south. He was going to Jerusalem. He was going to die. He knew that. But in the meantime, he was teaching on the way south. Teaching in the cities and in the small villages, it says. And he went through the cities and villages teaching. Or would you have loved to hear that? Would you have loved to be there? The Lord Jesus being teaching the crowds and the people in small villages, he loved to teach that. And the people felt something in their hearts. He spoke with authority. It was his calling, it was his love. And then someone, we don't know who it was, was it the Pharisee? Scribe? One of, one of his disciples? I don't know. But then someone said unto him, Lord, respectfully, Lord, are there few that be saved? Few to be saved? Because they understood, even the Pharisees understood that the Lord Jesus teaching that not everyone will be saved. They, they heard that. They had heard parables about the five wise and the five foolish virgins, about the seed falling into stony places and on the road and among the thistles. And they had heard about parables like with the wedding garment you have to wear. And they, in the thoughts, they were just wondering and pondering. Many? Few? I don't know. So they had a question. I don't think, per se, this was a question to corner him. Maybe it was. Maybe it was just curiosity. I don't know. But it was an important question and important enough to have it in the Bible. Then say unto them, Lord, are there few that be saved? What did the Lord Jesus say? Did he say many or did he say a few? Did he, how did he answer? And the Lord Jesus was wise, very wise. And he answered, strive to enter in at the straight gate. So don't worry about many or few. You know, people can be so busy with that. Many, few, way too many there. Way too few there. I think that is more. I think it's less. And people can just be discussing things of how many people can be saved in the congregation. 1%, 10%, 20%, 30%. It's, it's futile. We shouldn't even try, try that. The Lord Jesus said, no, I'm not going to talk about that. What about you? And that's often the case, right, that we just try to evade, try to evade that problem of what about you? And that we are keeping ourselves so busy with so many things 
and forget ourselves. What the answer? But there is a door. That is the door of God's final judgment as well in this case. And we see it also in the following verses, right? In case you think, you know, this door is not the door of judgment, right? If you, do you think that way? You say, I disagree with this minister. This, 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 this door is the door at the beginning of the book. Well, what do I see in verse 25 of this chapter? When once the master of the house is risen up and has shut the door, and ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence you are. Verse 25, when is that? Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall say, I know you not. That's the judgment door, right? That's the door at the end. There's also a road from the door, from the gate of heaven to hell. And then they say, we have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. And he shall say, I know you not that you are. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, and you shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the people, all the prophets rather, in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrust out. See that? So I have no doubt about that. That that door in our text is referring to the second, the last door, and that last door is also a stray door. It's also a little door, as we will see later. A door. That's important to know for them, unconverted, but also for God's people. God's, God's people on earth have not gone through this second door yet. They, they have they're here on earth, and they have to persevere by God's grace. And so they lead them through this life. And finally, they will come to the second door, and they may fear that death. That last enemy. But someday they have to go there. And that's on their mind. And their whole life is a life of strife. To enter in into that second door. So they, they never come to the place and they say, well, I went through the first door. So I'm fine. I don't have to worry anymore. No, the second door is also important. And of course, there is no, there is a perseverance of the saints, right? God's people cannot lose their grace. A door, there's a door, there's a way. And you remember from John 14, that example of in my father's house are many mansions, if they're not so, I would have told you, right? There's eternal mention in heaven, there's a door. I have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. 
And Thomas said unto the Lord, We know not where thou goest, and how can we know the way to that place? And Jesus answered and said unto them, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So he is the way. The Lord Jesus is the way. I am the way. But now to go through that door and to walk that way, our second thought, strive. So what the wisdom of the Lord Jesus Strive to enter in at the straight gate, for many I say unto you will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Strive to enter in. You know, you probably don't know the Greek language, right? But you do. There's so many words in English that are Greek, like the word agonizing, agony. That's the word here. Agonize. Strive, agonize. Striving, fighting, laboring, being active in that. That striving is necessary. It refers to the good fight of faith. God's people have a fight to fight. They are waging a war on earth. And they are alert. They have to be. And they have to labor to enter in. And they can't sit back and say, well, the Lord will take care of it. I don't have to fight anymore. Their whole life, God's people, their whole life, is yet a fight, a striving, not a wishing, not a hoping, not a waiting, but more intense. And nobody will enter in without striving. That gate is a straight gate. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. Some people have tried to explain that and said, you know, this, it's so small, the gate. You only can get in the sideways. You have to leave your luggage there. You, you cannot go, go, go through the door with anything, will you? You have to take everything off and just leave it there. And to strive to enter in into that straight gate, to wrestle you through that. Right. That might be helpful. However, one thing is clear, only the fighters, only the strivers will get in. And they will be welcomed into the joy of the Lord. They have been waging the war and they have used the armor of God. Seeking. No, they were not only seeking a little bit like people seek election or seek a job or seek to enter in. It was not, not a hoping only or a desiring or a thinking that he would, 
Right? It's, it's, it's a striving. It, it refers to difficulties. It is not easy. It does not go automatically. It's not just something that you don't have to think much about. It means much. It's, it's hard work. It's being alert and fighting Satan. Therefore, my beloved, as uh, ye always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but also now in much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So the Apostle Paul writes there, in Philippians 2, to God's people, my beloved ones, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, also in my absence, work out. You know, work out, that is, that's striving to enter, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So God's people, their whole life, fearful. The whole life, the whole life trembling. Right? Why not? Or are God's people always upbeat? Are God's children always happy? Always trusting? Always saying, no, no problem, you know. Go, I go to heaven. Well, there are two types of strife, at least. The striving in assurance that you know it, that you have it, that you go there, that the Lord has begun to work. And it is striving in holiness, in sanctification. So that striving is, in our text, mainly the striving of God's people in holiness, but also in a seeking, more seeking of Christ of a growing in grace. And if it is well, if it could be perfect on earth, God's people would fight with assurance, fight with joy, not fight in unbelief, not fight in doubt, but fight in joy. I say that if it is ideally, ideally they should fight with hope and joy in the world, but fight. Fight against the devil. Fight against sin. Fight, fight against self. Fight against all the enemies of the Lord. Fighting in joy. And that joy is not always a joy. The fighting is not always a fighting. There should be. Fight the good fight of faith. And that's a fight the Lord begins to work in the hearts when He gives grace. Then people enter through the first door, right? Then that becomes clear. Because the first door refers to Christ, and believing in Him. 
Some people are shot before that first gate. They have come close to the gate, close to believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. They, they had they have very fearful and they had that heavy load on the back, but they die before the gate. But Christian comes through the gate by God's way. There's believing in the Lord Jesus says that's all the work of God. And then he comes through the gate and he says, Can you now leave that luggage, that burden here? And the answer is no. And he, he needs to go further. And he comes to the cross, right? And he receives that scroll and he later he loses that scroll, but yet, yet he finds the scroll again and he presents the scroll at the second door. So what is that striving there? Let me just elaborate on that a little bit more, on the striving part. <clears throat> In the first place, I think of prayer. Colossians 4 explains that quite well. Epaphras who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Again, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Is that something you know about? To labor fervently in prayer. To labor. It's not just laying it before the Lord and just mention the names and the problems. Amen. Over. But labor. Wrestle with the Lord. Begging the Lord. Pleading the Lord. Asking the Lord. To begin that work, to give the repentance, to give the faith, to make hard work of it, to wrestle with God, laboring, striving to enter in. Are well, you done quickly in a few minutes? And there's no, no striving at all. Minister. You cannot make it yourself. You cannot fake it. It's something that needs to be given. You know, I'm so convinced that you're true. So convinced you're right. However, please don't argue with the Bible. Don't argue with the Lord. The Lord says, Strive. Strive. There's no matter. The Bible says, strive. Of course, we cannot qualify for grace without prayers. I, I know that. But yet the Lord has said, pray. And don't cease. And think of that. Widow 
and the unjust judge, right? She was there make him tired of it. And she just went on and on. She came back every day. Do justice to it. Do righteousness He got so tired of it. She said, okay. Oh, well. And the, the application that you know, right? So we need to pray and not cease. So I hope, of course, that today someone will hear that. And that this afternoon or tonight, someone bows, hastes her knees and says, Lord, I heard something. I heard that to strive. I can't. I can't. Lord, I, I yet have to take it seriously. And that you're on your knees and wrestling is what you hope for. And that you make work of it. Strive to enter in. Striving is also reading the Bible, right? As the book of God. As the book of his revelation. To meet God. To meet Christ in the book. To hear his voice. You know, when you leave the house in the morning, you may say something. Don't you say something to your wife, to your husband? Why won't you say a few words together? What about if you would not say a word before you leave the house? Nothing. At the breakfast table. You sit at the breakfast table, you don't say a word. You just go on, you just go to work, to go to work. Is it not rude? And at night, you just fall asleep, don't say a word. During the day, you hardly communicate. Is that a marriage? But the Lord wants sinners to seek him and to wrestle about it and to travail and to strive, right? Oh, that striving is also a denying of self. You know, don't make it the wrong application. As if the Lord is not willing to be gracious, and then people have to fight hard and convince the Lord to yet save them because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to save his life to this. Put pressure on him. No. You don't have to put pressure on the Lord to save you. The problem is not on his side. The problem is on your side. You don't want to. You know, Rufus, all the obstacles are not obstacles the Lord has put in the, on the road. The Lord doesn't stop. You say, hey, wait. You're not allowed to come to me. You first have to, have, to have, have to have this or that. The Lord doesn't stop people. So you don't have to wrestle salvation out of the hands of God. No. Not at all. Right? Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which kills the prophets and stones them. They sent unto thee how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hand has gathered her bird under her wings. That's the Lord Jesus. 
is God, right? To often speak that. How often would I have said that? So the wrestling is not to wrestle salvation out of the Lord's hands, but those obstacles within. To fight with yourself. To fight with the devil. To fighting in seeking the Lord in the Bible. He that findeth his life shall lose it. But he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. He's losing life for his sake is that striving. It is losing. And that's immense heart. That's impossible. But that's what it means. Striving. Pastor Paul writes, I have fought the good fight of faith. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but also unto them that love his appearing. Love his appearing. Laboring. Who is laboring? Before I go to the third thought, who is laboring? Who has labored harder than Christ himself? See him laboring, see him striving in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, what a striving! What the effort is, what the wrestling, what the hard work. He was sweating blood. He asked the Lord to take that cup away from him. It was so heavy, and not his will, but the Lord's will be done. He was fighting, and through his labor, he will make people to labor. He's doing it. And on the cross, he said it's finished. All the work finished. So don't think that you have to work yourself to gain salvation. That striving is necessary. It's a mark of grace. But it's not something to qualify with. It's not so that you can say, now my fight is a good fight, and I deserve it now. The, the, the door is open. There's no case. It's free. Him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. See? So to deny yourself to see that salvation only in the Lord. And then the last thought, unable to enter in. 
when I was looking for a text for this service, uh, that beginning of the text came to my mind. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. And I made up my mind. I thought, I thought that's a good text for, for confession. I like to preach on that. But then this week I had to make the sermon on that, right? And then I saw the second part of this text. And I had not followed that yet. And I thought, oh, well, that's, that's something else. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. So I had to preach about that as well, right? In God's providence. I see it as God's providence that I also now have to preach on that part. So what does that mean? How does it sound to you? Many shall seek to enter in and shall not be able. What does that mean? So some people seek and seek and seek and do the best, and the Lord says, no, not you, because you're not an elect. You know what it means? Lord saying you have to seek harder, and your seek is not good enough. You don't measure up. So I close the door for you. That's not what it means. You know this is not about the preaching. This is about the second door. It's about death. And some people wish to enter in and think they can enter in and expect to get in. I'm sure they will get in. And the Lord says, no. No. I don't know you. You didn't work iniquity. You did not strive to enter in. You missed that true work of the Spirit. You have deceived yourself your whole life. You went to the Lord's supper table. Maybe you professed something, you hoped for it. But you had impressions, you had some hope, you had some texts, but you miss the real life. I don't know you. I have no relationship with you. You don't know me. It's not, not a knowing of one another. There's something you know that is connected to that verse 25, right? And you begin to stand without 
Say, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer, Say unto I know you not whence ye are. I don't think it's much more horrific than thinking you go to heaven on your deathbed. And say to your children and grandchildren, I go to heaven. I'm sure I go to heaven. And then, I don't know you. That's, that's horrible. And then you, you knock on the door, Lord, Lord, open. And the door is not opening. Think of the, the five wise and the five foolish virgins. Then he shall begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught our streets. But I sh- he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence ye are. Depart from me. Go, all ye workers of iniquity. And there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when ye shall see Abram and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. And you thrust out, and they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south, and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. And you are missing it. So, do you realize that we can make a huge mistake? You know, pastors, elders, deacons, teachers, parents, missionaries, whoever you are. People may think the world of you. But if the Lord does not know you and does not see you, and if you have no relationship with him, he'll be such a disappointment and it can't change anymore. can't change anymore. But now I have not talked about one word. There's one word in verse 24 yet. That is very important. Strive to enter in at the straight gate for for many I say unto you will seek to enter in and shall not be able. What does it mean for? I think the second part of verse 24 makes the first part even stronger. Let me just paraphrase it. Strive now. Because then it's over. Strive to enter in at the straight gate, for many shall say, shall still seek to enter in and shall not be able. No matter what. The door will not open to them. To unconvert ones. When death comes, that, that last moment, I know there are people just being converted just before their death, like the murder on the cross, today thou shalt be worthy in paradise. He, he, is, he is in, right? The door, the door went open. 
he was on time. But others are not on time. And here on earth, oh, they go to church, you know, and read the Bible a little bit and pray it as they, as they should. And death comes. Death is coming. And I used to was in church my whole life. And I did my best. But have you been striving? And do you know him? Strive to enter in. What a disappointment that will be. And yet, the Lord says today, hear my voice. The Lord says today, don't wait. Strive today because maybe tonight the door is closed. The door is open yet. Lady before the Lord, isn't it, today? The, Lord, the door is open yet. They realize at any time the door can close. You know, and it can be anything. Younger ones, older ones. Don't feel invincible. There's only one people invincible. Super invincible. That's God's people. And they will enter into the gate and be surprised. Be surprised, maybe. Yeah, surprised. Who am I? And what is my house? It is such a wonder to them that they may enter in. But they, they, they know why. If someone paid the price for them, and someone who has begun the good work in them. So this sermon is not only a sermon for unconverted ones. Strive to enter in in that first gate. But this is a sermon also for God's people. Also for them between the first and the second gate. Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. Endure to the end. Fight the good fight. Hold on and don't give up. Young friends, doing confession of faith, this is your text. Strive to enter in at the state gate. That part of the text is the main, main part. Strive to enter in at the state gate. When you do confession, and you say yes. You kind of says, yes, I will do that. I, I hope you will do that. And I hope you may have some conviction in your heart and some desire in your heart and some joy in your heart saying, I hope to strive to enter in at that straight gate because I know that many 
So seek to enter in and not be able to. May that be your confession. Congregation, the Lord Jesus is the one who spoke most about hell. There are, no, there are no books in the Bible speaking more, more about hell than the Gospels. There is such a weeping, such a gnashing of teeth. When you see God's people at the table, and you are first doctor, you had the right doctrine, you had the perfect lifestyle, people thought. And you did not know anything of Christ. She'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and from and shall sit down at the kingdom of God. And behold, the last which shall be first, the first which shall be last. Now people you didn't think about it. People you thought they will be in heaven for sure. You miss them. And people thought, no, I don't think so. You'll be there. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. It's worth it. And if you continue in your ungoverned life, in your easy life, in your easy believism, your easy unbelievism. Someday the door will be closed and you will know it. And you will weep. You've never wept here. You will weep. It's over. Over. Nobody can help you anymore. God doesn't want to hear you anymore. God says, stop talking to me. God will say, depart from me. But he does not say that this morning. He does not say, depart from me. Does he? He is saying, come unto me. He does a better labor. And have in this life no rest. Come unto me that are heavy, that are laden, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Seek that salvation, not in self, but in him who paid the price. Amen.